Welcome to Hacking Everything, the cultures and politics of hackers and software workers. This podcast invites researchers who study what it is to be a hacker or computer engineer, or what it means to hack technical, individual, state, or corporate powers. We will think through what the hack means and what hacking does to all of us. This is the second edition of this series where we turned a regular old academic conference panel into a podcast. What conference, you may ask? This episode was recorded live at the European Association for the Study of Science and Technology conference in Madrid on July 7th, 2022. So stay with us, your hosts, Paula Bielski, Matze Oyala, and Andreas Bischoff, as we throw out the PowerPoints and turn on the microphones and take you into the world of hacking. Okay, good. Okay. For this session, we welcome Janju Güner from the Department of Science, Technology and Society of the Technical University of Munich in a discussion titled Hack the House, Reconfiguring Domesticity in Co-Living Spaces. And it's about entrepreneurs with engineering backgrounds who live in co-living spaces and they tend to hack their houses, either as a part of a hackathon or via self-initiated hacking practices. And drawing from a one-year-long ethnography on hacking practices in such co-living spaces in the Bay Area and Munich, Janju Güner asked in her research, what would happen if the subjects of domestic work would also be equipped with the technolog technological know-how and the expertise that would potentially reconfigure the domestic ideology? Would their domestic realm become their domain of innovation and intervention? Or what kind of domestic ideal would they have? What kind of technological interventions would they make or not make? This will be the topics of this talk. Yeah, so I already lost count. So there were different things. and uh, But you're focusing on like co-living spaces in your project, right? So let's start with that. Uh, what is a co-living space? Thank you very much. Thank you for the amazing introduction uh, and thanks for the question. Uh, so at a very basic level, co-living spaces are a form of communal living. Um, so it is tend to be present, presented as an urban housing for flexible workers uh, and entrepreneurs. But it is not easy to define what a co-living space is because it changes um, across different contexts. However, there are certain elements that um, almost all co-living spaces tend to share. For example, they tend to assemble work, um, leisure and domesticity under one roof, meaning that they provide a co-working space. Most of them tend to provide. Um, they also tend to provide what uh, Musilek, Karin Musilek writes in his doctoral dissertation, effortless socialization, meaning that the residents do not have to fish for social events or commute to a social event. They can just go to their living room or their garden, wherever, um, and join uh, like um, an event. So it tends to take the uh, burden of socialization from the shoulders of individuals. And it tends to um, combine domesticity, domestic life, basically. And also, um, co-living spaces tend to uh, offer some shared facilities. For example, like they might have shared kitchen, 
um, shared gardens, shared bathroom, but also some like more luxurious shared facilities such as pool, movie uh, room or maker space sometimes. Um, members also um, tend to gather around a shared intention, a value, a shared common goal. For example, there are hack hacker co-living spaces, bio co-living spaces, co-living spaces that support diversity and so on. And there are also sizes change. Uh, for example, there are some co-living spaces that goes up to more than 500 people hosting at a time. And then there are co-living spaces that also uh, host only seven people at a time. So um, these dimensions, um, and last but not least, the uh, length of space change, uh, length of st stay uh, tends to change, meaning that you could stay either like for a week or for years and years and years. So they're, they're not stable shared flat constellations. Mm -hmm. So it's rather short-term and very goal-oriented. Exactly. Yeah, I have exactly. a little clarification just to put the boundaries on this, like co-living. In some way, we are co-living on this one mm. planet, right? <laughs> or on the correct. other hand, I co-live with myself and with my synthesizers and my plants. But uh -huh. like, what? Why? Why would? This not fit into your research. That is that an excellent sense? question. Or yes, for instance, it, it Madrid makes a lot is a co-living space. Co-living space. Yeah, that is that is <laughs> that just is to, just to help a little bit. Yes. Clarify. Um, it is not also easy to answer this question because the, the co-living is short for something, right? But like there is no a common understanding what that short for is. So it can be concept living, it can be communal living, it can be collaborative living, it can be any kind of call. And I've heard so many different ways of calls. Um, and also like we can say like communal, like communal living is an ancient concept, right? Like Monks do it, farmers do it, as the song goes, even lazy jellyfish do it. Like <laughs> everyone that does it. So what, what really makes it different? What is new about it? Um, and I think it is not the way it organizes life, um, but it is more that it combines these elements that I've just mentioned in a way that it becomes new. So that the, the combination is new rather than rather than how it like um, reorganizes life or reconfigures life. Great, that helps say. so much. Thank <laughs> you. That puts boundaries. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. And then um, that that was the that was the uh, co-living space part. <laughs> Now the hackathons. <laughs> um, you told us that in those um, in those co-living spaces, they regularly organize hackathons. So could you tell us about how the residents of those co-living spaces organize hackathons? Uh, who joins those? Um, what kinds of themes do they have? What is a hackathon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe we start with that. What oh, is a no. hackathon at all? <laughs> just briefly. Just let's briefly. not, let's not go too as far. As a concept. Into. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so hackathon, uh, well, in general, I don't know, uh, how to define. It's again, like not easy to define, but like, I think the, um, the full version is hacking marathon and a short for like hackathon. Oh, and it things is are making sense <laughs> to me right now. Very good. <laughs> And it is tend to be in a very short amount of time. Um, usually it's a day, two, or a week. Uh, and then there is a problem to be solved. And there is a sense of competition, I think, that someone has to be winner most of the time. 
Um, that is the, like my uh, vague definition of hackathon. And I have conducted a year-long ethnography in two co-living spaces in, in Germany and in the US. And today for the hackathons, I'll just focus on the co-living space in Germany, which I will call uh, Concept Raum. Of course, it's an anonymized name. Um, and Concept Raum had this tradition of organizing bi-monthly hackathons. And um, so they like came together and tried to innovate. Uh, and sorry, one of the hackathons that I have attended had the team of Hack the House. So that they came together and tried to innovate the house in this one day long marathon uh, hackathons. And uh, they had two goals. The first one was making something cool for the house so that people visiting the house can be amazed by. And the second aim was fixing a disordered device. And um, the, like, it was not just the residents who attended these hackathons, by the way. It was also like different um, participants of different events that are organized in these co-living spaces. They were also org uh, invited to attend the hackathon. Um, yeah, and the, the one that I have attended, the Hack the uh, House uh, Hackathon, um, it kind of go went like this, that um, we just gathered together in the morning, we had a nice breakfast, and then we formed two groups. Um, one was uh, called Computer Vision Theme, because most of its members were uh, engineers, computer vision engineers. And the other one was called an app team, because they wanted to create an app. Always make an app. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the themes worked for a day and then created an artifact at the end. Uh, you said that they created an artifact. Can, can you give an example of such an artifact um, that came out of such a hackathon? Of course. Of course I can. Thanks for asking this question. So the computer vision theme, uh, which I was also part of, and my role was an idea bringer because I'm not an engineer. <laughs> it worked out well. <laughs> the computer vision team created this idea of supportive fridge. Uh, bear with me. I'll explain. <laughs> what did you call it? Supportive fridge. Supportive fridge. Sporty. Like fridge doing sports. Yeah. Ah, cool. Makes sense. Go on. I am continuing. <laughs> The aim uh, of this supportive fridge uh, was to make residents um, be like make residents uh, physically fit and stop binge eating. Um, so they, the engineers, created an algorithm that allows eating chocolate only when one exercises three different yoga poses. So there is uh, there was a, a camera in front of the fridge. And you need to do like three yoga poses. You're not able to see me right now, but I'm doing some yoga poses. I'm great at it. Thank you. <laughs> and, and once you, you do chocolate? this, <laughs> yeah, exactly. once you do these yoga poses, um, then the fridge unlocks and then you're able to eat something. So that was one of the, um, artifacts that one of the team created. And, um, the second team uh, created what they called weekly task planner. And uh, Weekly Task Planner, VTP, um, is an automated technology created to help residents to keep track of their cleaning tasks by automatically assigning them to people each week. Um, and the task is generally assigned uh, like on Wednesday and the deadline was due, due Sunday midnight. 
So for example, normally there were 17 people and 17 tasks. And the system is connected to Slack. So once you are done with your task, you just write a piece of code in Slack, backslash done, and then you're off the hook for the week. Yeah, just to clarify, Slack is one of these like online chatting platforms. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, they do like, yes, online chatting platforms, especially for professional life. But uh, so many co-living spaces tend to use these uh, platforms. Thanks for the right, explanation. Right. Um, the interesting thing, however, um, the person's photo together with the tasks are shown on a screen. And the screen uh, is hanging at the wall of the entrance. So, for example, your task is mopping the floors, let's say, for the week. And then your photo and the mopping the floor is on the screen in the co-living space. I better do it. Exactly. That is the idea. So they use the technique of display. You get mobbed as <laughs> <laughs> You're buying the toilet paper. Uh, and um, when the residents fail to do their task, everybody, including the guests, are able to see that you basically fail to do your tasks. Um, and what is more, um, there is also a web page that one can reach online. So even if I'm not in the house, that I can see that check online and see that you are not able to do your tasks. And what is more, um, that if um, if you are not able to do your task at a given time, five euros from your bank account automatically is withdrawn as, as a kind of punishment. So that was the second artifact that the other at the app team has created. Right. So so they had somehow invented a police. <laughs> and, uh, fair, fair enough. I've also lived in different kind of co-working situations or co-living situations, and this would kind of would have been useful something like this it uh it's it's a mixture of a comment and a question i mean there's so much uh in those examples right it's the visibility it's the punishment it's the optimization it's the i methodology of the engineers mm -hmm. creating a uh, techno uh environment that also something about them. familiarity like if you co-living you become friends it's not only like a cold relationship but mm -hmm. you're there right exactly yeah mm -hmm. but yeah uh but how would you then say does this, um, for example, this weekly task planner impacts this, what uh, Marty just, uh, just said, uh, the community or the feeling of living there or the, um, the domestic tasks? Yeah, um, so I thought a lot about it. My PhD is partly on this, so thanks for asking that. <laughs> uh, the way uh, living is organizing co-living spaces, I think, could be understood as a process where entrepreneurial values are being translated into domestic sphere. And uh, I offered a concept called entrepreneurialization of domesticity uh, as a helpful like concept to explain the process of entrepreneurial mentality diffusing into domestic life. And um, one of the findings suggests that uh, domest uh, from my uh, PhD project suggests that domesticity emerges as a a constant problem in co-living space, spaces that is in need of constant solutions. Um, that is to say, hackathons frames domesticity as a challenge to overcome, right? And I argued that the values that are usually coded as male, for example, competition, informs these technological interventions that are created to organize domestic work. However, what was not existed uh, was a critical reflection on the balance between 
gen different gender coded values. Um, there seem like no progressive way of reframing gender roles. Uh, the male coded entrepreneurial values of domesticity seem not to have the altitude to transform gender relations in domestic space in a longer run. It does not seek to fundamentally alter the female coded values that are usually attached to domesticity in the long run. Um, that is why I argue that the technological interventions to domestic work that are mobilized in co-living spaces tend to be designed as momentarily in interventions. Uh, in other words, these practices are designed as temporary fixes that would do the task before the different forms of traditionality comes in. And um, other findings suggested that the, most of the residents do not foresee using these entrepreneurial interventions in their future domestic uh, lives. I've traced uh, so many ex-residents who once lived in these co-living spaces and I asked them, are you using these uh, technological interventions? And most of them said no. Um, so like these uh, mostly male-coded interventions are tend to be used until the traditional gender roles comes in most of the time. Um, and the temporal window that co-living spaces provides only suspends these traditional gender gender roles for a, just a certain period of time. Yeah. Nice. Very interesting. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Would you then, <laughs> after uh, doing ethnography over one year <laughs> in two of such places, would you personally consider living in such a hackathon co-living <laughs> space? That is a great question. I actually get this question quite quite a lot. Uh, it, and it is interesting. Whenever I mention about these kind of co-living spaces in conferences, venues like this, people say, oh my God, this is such a dystopic idea. Like I can't imagine myself living in these spaces. It sounds horrible. But what I observed that when I talk to these co-living residents, they just tend to describe these spaces as, as very utopic because they find some shared, uh, like some people who are just like them, who are going through these entrepreneurial struggles, these ups and downs, what is called in the literature the dark side of entrepreneurship. And they find the sense of community. And um, I think I do understand both parts. Um, so not an easy question to answer, <laughs> but thanks for asking that. It was a perfect answer. Thank you very much, Jonju. Thank you. Thank, right. thank you. Thanks for having thank you. me. Thank you. <laughs> This episode was produced by Paula Bielski, Manse Oyala, and Andreas Bischoff, and recorded live at the European Association for the Study of Science and Technology Conference in Madrid on July 7th, 2022. Sound editing and music was done by Heights Beats at Hot Milk Productions with special funding from the Chemnitz University of Technology. A special thank you goes out to all the panelists and audience members of our Hacking Everything panel at this year's East 2022 conference. <laughs>